streaming player at our website that allows us to connect with you better than ever. Check it out now. FaithTalk99.5.com This is Faith Talk 99.5. Revive Our Hearts is coming up in 30 minutes, but now it's Searching for the Truth, sponsored by West 65th Street Church of Christ in Little Rock. Welcome to Searching for the Truth, a live and local call-in program. Call in with your comments or questions now. 855-568-1062. That's 855-568-1062. Your friends at the West 65th Street Church of Christ in Little Rock invite you to open your Bible and study with us as Don McLean answers Bible questions with Bible answers in a search for the truth. This program is presented as part of the efforts of the West 65th Street Church of Christ in Little Rock to search for all the truth presented in God's Word and teach that truth to men and women who, like us, are searching for the truth. Now, here's Don McLean. And good afternoon. Hope that you have had a wonderful day. If you're living here in central Arkansas, then you're going to know a couple of things about the weather. First of all, it's cold outside and it's wet outside. Uh, if it was just a couple of degrees cooler, we might have some snow, but uh, that's not going to happen, according to the weatherman. So uh, no snow, no freezing precipitation, all is well here in Little Rock. Hope that all is well is with where you are, wherever that may be. We have folks listening to us or watching us on Facebook. Thank you for being with us. We have folks watching on YouTube. Thank you for watching. And we have a lot of folks right here in central Arkansas listening to us on 99.5 FM. KDIS Faith Talk. Thank you for being with us. And if you have a Bible question or comment today, please give us a call. Our phone number is 1-855-568-1062. 1-855-568-1062. We are talking about the Bible itself. Usually we are studying the Bible, but we're backing up just a little bit and we're talking about the Bible itself. Can we trust the Bible? Now, most of you who are listening to me today say, yes, yes, we can trust the Bible. It is the Word of God. And you believe that. And I am thankful that you believe that. Uh, but today we're going to dig into this a little bit more and hopefully. Um, if, if you're questioning the Bible, hopefully we can change your mind. Uh, if you do believe the Bible, hopefully what we talk about this afternoon will help strengthen your faith in the Bible as being the Word of God. And hopefully we'll share some things with you that you didn't know and also strengthen your ability to be able to talk to others who do not believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And believe you me, that number is growing. More and more people do not believe that the Bible is the Word of God. More and more people question the authenticity and the authority of the Bible. More, more and more people doubt its, its accuracy. Uh, more and more people believe that uh, there's no way that we can know that what we have in what we call our Bible is indeed the Word of God. So many people do not believe that anymore. And that is a shame, and hopefully our, our discussions here will help to strengthen our ability not only to believe the Bible itself, but also, of course, 
to help people also come to that understanding. Okay, so that's there, there are very, a variety of reasons why we are talking about this subject. And, of course, one of them stems back to the fact we had a question week before last on this issue. How can we know that the Bible is inspired? And what does that mean? Really, we're going to be talking more about inspiration today. So, as I said, if you have a question or comment, give us a call. Our phone number is one 568 1062 And I'd like to invite you to check out our website, w65stchurchofchrist.com. Uh, there you will find all of the most latest lessons available that have been preached here, uh, including sermons on a variety of different topics. You can just go to our sermon page, and uh, in fact, there uh, it's broken down by year, and it's also broken down by series. There is a series on our website about the Bible itself. Can we trust the Bible? And uh, some of this material that we're going to be looking at today comes from our website. So you may want to check that out, w65sdchurchofchrist.com. Go to our sermon link and uh, go down to our sermon series and find Can We Trust the Bible? And uh, again, a lot of material available there. So, uh, all right, let's uh, get into the questions and and some things about the Bible itself that we need to consider that we want to consider this afternoon. All right. Um, yesterday we began this particular study. And uh, so we're going to, whoops, what happened? That's not what I wanted. Hmm. Oh, well, here we go. I'll get back. I'll get back there. If you're watching on Facebook, I apologize. Um, there we go. Let's see if I can start this up again. I do not know why it just quit all of a sudden. But nevertheless, yesterday we talked about why we, why I trust the Bible. Okay, I gave you some reasons, and we're going to be talking about these reasons. We're going to be breaking them down more and more as we go through our broadcast in the coming days. Because of archaeological evidence, uh, there are people who say, well, there's no archaeological evidence to support the veracity of the Bible. <laughs> I disagree big time. Oh, man, is there evidence. They just don't want to see the evidence. And that's a shame. But uh, the archaeological evidence is there. And let me put it this way. If a person is honest, I mean really honest, if they really want to know the truth, I believe with all of my heart that if they look at the evidence, they will change their mind and they will believe what I believe about the Bible being the Word of God. Just looking at the archaeological, extra-biblical, scientific accuracy of the Bible, those kinds of things, it will convince you. The manuscript evidence is overwhelming, especially for the New Testament. Over 5,700 manuscripts that we have, ancient Greek manuscripts, we have a lot of manuscript evidence. Fulfilled prophecy within the scriptures themselves. The internal consistency among the topics of the Bible. Uh, the forthrightness about its authors and characters, their failures. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, if Jesus Christ had not been raised from the dead, and those who wrote the New Testament did not believe with all their heart that Jesus Christ had been raised from the dead, they would not have written what they wrote because it cost them their lives. Why would they suffer for what they knew to be a lie? 
Why would they write the things that they wrote, knowing that those things would cause them to be put to death? Ah, more and more evidence why these things are indeed true. The Bible's transforming power, of course. there is It's more of a subjective reason, but the reality is the Bible is powerful. And I asked the question as we went off the air yesterday, what if Little Rock, Arkansas, everybody in Little Rock, Arkansas, believed the Bible to be the Word of God and followed the Bible faithfully, accurately, they followed the teachings of Jesus Christ, more specifically. They followed the teachings of Jesus Christ. What kind of city would Little Rock, Arkansas be? The answer is obvious. It would be a city of love. It would be the real city of love, wouldn't it? If we all believed and followed the scriptures, yes, the change, the moral values are far superior to anything that man could ever come up with on their own. The Bible cannot be the product of man alone. That is impossible because of the contents of the Bible. It cannot be a product of man alone. We pointed out yesterday there are 66 books of the Bible written by 40 different men, three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and a little Aramaic mixed in. Over 1,600-year period, men that did not know each other. Now, certainly the latter, the New Testament, in the latter days of, of, of the writing of, of the Bible, certainly these men knew each other. But for the most part, the men who wrote the Bible did not know each other. Daniel never met Moses, not until after he died, because they were hundreds of years apart. You have the prophets of the Old Testament. Many of them knew not each other, but they knew of the latter prophets, knew of the earlier prophets. And all of them were pointing to Jesus Christ, and all of it's pointing to Christ. In fact, in the Old Testament, Christ is coming. In the New Testament, Christ has come, and he is coming again. These are the, these are the points of the Bible from beginning to end. You know, let me suggest some other things, some other reasons why I trust the Bible. You know, the Bible answers every human need. Any question that a man could ask, the Bible's got the answer to it. Where did we come from? Why are we here? How should we live? What does the God of the Bible want from us? The Bible answers all of these questions. What about life after death? Where are we going? In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. He created all things. He made man. He created all that is. Why are we here? To fear him and keep his commandments. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. That's the whole duty, whole purpose of man. We're told what, that, what our purpose is. Uh, how should we live? We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You know what? That, that principle applies to every human being that has ever lived from Adam and Eve all the way to the last man that will breathe on this planet. What about religion? Those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth, John 4, 24. And we're told, I had a fellow this morning tell me that the Bible does not tell us how to worship anywhere. <laughs> well, what book is he reading? It does tell us how 
He wants us to worship. He wants us to worship him with reverence and godly fear. He, all who come to, before God must regard, regard him as holy. Leviticus chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. All who come before God must come before him in truth and reverence and in accordance with what he says, and he has told us what he wants. What about religion? What about life after death? What's going to happen to you when you die? Listen, you when you die, you will not cease to exist. You will continue to exist and to have knowledge, a conscious existence after your life. You're either going to be in hell or you're going to be in heaven. That's, it's one of the two. And if you follow the word of God, the Bible, then the result will be in heaven with God for eternity. If you reject the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you reject the Bible's teaching, then you will be lost forever. The Bible claims of itself that it is the word of God. Right? It, it claims that it is the word of God. The phrase, thus saith the Lord, occurs 418 times in the New Testament. I mean in the Bible, I'm sorry. In the NASB, I should say. 413 times in the King James translation. God said occurs 46 times in both the NASB and the King, King James. God spoke through prophets in 1 Kings chapter 14 and verse 18. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 10 through 12. Those who spoke, spoke by the Holy Spirit. They spoke by God's authority. They did not understand even what they were talking about. They just simply spoke as God moved them by His Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord spoke, 2 Samuel 23 and verse 2, 1 Kings 22, 24. All Scripture, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped unto every good work. So we've got uh, we, we've got a lot of reasons to understand that the Bible itself claims to be the Word of God. The Word of God, the, and the logical implication of the statements within the Bible, is that they are. In error, since they claim to be offered to us from God, they're from God. It claims to be from God. And certainly, if it is truly from God, then it will be without error. Either the Bible is inspired of God, or it's not. If the Bible is inspired of God, then we better pay attention to what it says. If it is not inspired of God, then it's just another book of billions of books that actually, you know, it'd, it'd fall into the category of the things that the wise man talks about in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Everything that is material, all of the human wisdom that you can acquire, all of the knowledge that you can learn about things on this planet and the things in this world, in the end, it means nothing. Well, if the Bible is not from God, then it means nothing either. How pitiful and how terrible it must be to be an atheist believing that this world is all there is. That's a sad lot to find yourself in. But anyway, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. The Bible claims to be from God. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Now, what does that mean? 
the inspiration of God. The word inspiration, according to Vine's Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament words, the word inspired means uh, the Scripture is distinct from non-Scripture. It is from God. It is the breathing in. Merriam-Webster defines it the act of inspiring or breathing in, to breathe a supernatural divine influence on the prophets, apostles, or sacred writers by which they were qualified to communicate moral or religious truth with authority, a supernatural influence which qualifies men to receive and communicate divine truth, also the truth communicated. In 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse 20, the Apostle Peter says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of men or man, but holy men spoke of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, a couple of things about this passage. First of all, no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Peter is not saying here that you can't interpret what the Bible says. That's not really, that, this is not really a good translation of what Peter is saying. The idea is that there is no prophecy of Scripture that came from that person's own mind. He's talking about the source of what he said or wrote, not our ability to interpret what is said or wrote or written, I should say. Knowing this first, no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, means that it is not of any person's own mind. For prophecy never came by the will of man, See, he's talking about the source. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They were moved by the Holy Spirit. Again, back to vines, to bear, to carry. It, those who were moved by the Holy Spirit being moved, they were borne along, impelled by the Holy Spirit's power, not acting according to their own wills or simply expressing their own thoughts, but expressing the mind of God in words provided and ministered by Him. The Bible is inspired. Here's a quote from Norman L. Geisler and William E. Nick's book, God From God to Us, How We Got Our Bible. It's a very good book. It's pretty detailed. In fact, I've got it right here on my desk. It's, uh, it's a book that uh, it goes into some detail about the, the way that we got the Bible. It's pretty complex, but it's a very good book. He says, the Bible is inspired in the, in the sense that spirit-moved men wrote God-breathed words that are divinely authoritative for Christian faith and practice, that God is the ultimate source and original cause of biblical truth is the first and most fundamental factor in the doctrine of inspiration. So we've got a book that was given to us according to this, this concept given to us by God. God moved men to write down what he wanted us to know. And according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, God moved men to write down everything that he wanted us to know. He has provided everything that he wants us to know in regard to doctrine, in regard to proving that doctrine to be right, reproof, rebuke to correcting those things that are wrong, that are not according to the truth, 
And then you have exhortation or encouragement to, to motivate us to do those things that are right. Now, quickly, I, I, I would like to uh, mention some things that are not <laughs> correct in, in regard to inspiration. Some false ideas. Um, there are basically four false ideas. Just quickly throw these out. There's this natural concept of inspiration. It eliminates God's involvement altogether. The scriptures are simply the product of, of men, uh, the thoughts, and the, the teachings are all from the mind of men. It's purely natural, in other words. Well, that needs to be dismissed. Of course, yes, it denies the scripture flat out. Uh, partial inspiration. Some believe in, in inspiration, but they just believe that certain parts of the Bible are inspired. Question, how can we know which parts are inspired and which ones are not, if that's the case? Uh, again, this is a denial of Scripture because 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All the writings of Moses are referred to as Scripture. You know, the Apostle Peter even refers to the writings of Paul there in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verses 15 through 18. He talks about the writings of Peter in regard as other scripture. And Psalm 119 and verse 160 says, The entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Every word of God is pure. Psalm, uh, Proverbs 30 and verse 5. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. How do we put our trust in God? We put our trust in God by putting our trust in his word. A fellow on Facebook this morning told me that, uh, he said, I believe, uh, he, this is what he said. He said that my God is a book because I believe that the Bible is the word of God. And, of course, I deny that. My God is not the book that God gave. God is the God who gave the book. And I believe in the God who gave the book. Now, the only way to really believe in the God who gave the book is through the book that, the God, that God gave. Well, that's not too confusing for you, but that's, that's the truth. And the only way that I can serve God is to serve him in accordance with what he's revealed. He has told us what he wants. Another idea, a false theory of inspiration is that of the man being simply a dictation machine. Uh, there is no involvement by men at all. Is That's not true. Uh, God did use men in their culture, in their element, using their own vocabulary, using their own knowledge of things, and he used them as they were. But listen, he, made, he did make sure that everything that they wrote was indeed of him. The nomadical concept is that God supplied the thought and man expressed the thought in his own words. Now, that would make the things that were written subjective. Again, how could we know which ones were of God and which ones were not, which statements were of God and which statements were not? It requires a confidence in men. And when we place confidence in the Scripture, we need to realize we're not placing our confidence in men. We are placing our confidence in God who gave the scriptures. Every word is true. And so 
the concept of plenary verbal inspiration is the form of inspiration that I ascribe to, that I believe is the true concept. Plenary simply means full or entire complete. The kind of inspiration which excludes all defect in the utterance of inspired message. It is all of God. Verbal inspiration, the kind of inspiration which extends to the very words and forms of expression of the divine message. Now, God revealed his thoughts in words to us. And we can know then the will of God. In 1 Corinthians 12, 11 through 13, the Apostle Paul argues that the things that, were, uh, that he was writing to them, that he was teaching them, were not words which, ho which men spake, but rather which the Holy Spirit spake. The Holy Spirit gave him words. Paul then repeated those words. He was speaking and writing by inspiration. Again, the concept of plenary inspiration. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, 2 Timothy 3.16. The things that are written are unbreakable. The word of God is unbreakable, John 10.35. His word cannot be broken. What does that mean? Well, it's going to continue on. Certainly, that's a main, major part of the idea, the concept. But also, the Word of God cannot be effectively denied. It cannot be effectively overturned by man's will. It cannot be rejected, and you not face the consequences for that rejection. Even the smallest letter and mark are irrevocable, according to Matthew 5 and verse 18. Every jot of every tittle, <laughs> and every tittle is of God. Tomorrow, we're going to pick up right here, and we're going to talk about inspiration to what extent Lord, the church then. of christ May the God peace bless you. at 7115 west 65th street in little rock has presented this program in the interest of searching for the truth to request a past program religious discussion sermon cd or religious literature call 501-568-1062 that's 501-1062 you can email Don McLean by going to the church's website, w65stchurchofchrist.com. If you prefer to write to the West 65th Street Church of Christ, the address is P.O. Box 190062, Little Rock, Arkansas, 72219. Please join us for Bible study this Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and worship at 10 a.m. Sunday evening worship begins at 5 p.m. We also have a Wednesday evening Bible study at 7 p.m. You're welcome at any and all of these services. Tell your friends to tune in each weekday at 3 p.m. for Searching for the Truth on Faith Talk 99.5. We hope our efforts will help you as you search for the truth.